0: School doing well enough in various pursuits to and get by sport, to get by, right? To get by, where like you can sort of yeah. deceive yourself, even like, no, I don't have a, I'm a problem. I'm, a, I'm running, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And in reality, it's like, look, that, that's a big problem because you don't even realize you've got a problem.
1: Wow, uh, man, this is unreal. I mean, what you're dealing with now, and at 23. Um, so, how did you hit rock bottom? What happened? What I, I gotta know, what happened?
0: Yeah, I think I hit a few
1: rock bottoms
0: and I uh, kept searching for deeper bottoms, as it it were. I, uh, you know, ultimately- A regular Superman, huh, buddy? No, you know, you you wake up uh, the next morning and you kind of look in the mirror and I remember telling myself a hundred times or more, you know, I can't believe that happened yesterday. Like, I I can't ever drink again. Like, I I, I can't do this. I can't, I've got to like, move on in my life if I'm going to have a life.
1: Knowing when to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. It's those moments when you get to the absurd stage that things truly get interesting. The world is in need of a new generation of leaders, leaders who have the courage to break through the boundaries and question everything around them. society is yearning for bold and enthusiastic women and men to provide the necessary leadership that will be required for the next leap forward the journey to get to the brink can be unpredictable but knowing you're at the brink pure genius my friends today we are on the brink of greatness one of the most profound things i think we can uh, agree with is life can change in a moment in a second in a millisecond. You never really know, friends. One moment it's all good, and the next minute something happens. But that is the definition of life, really. I mean life is ups and downs, it's all around. It's not supposed to be one level. It's what you do with those valleys, those peaks, sometimes a pothole or two or three, huh? Depending. How much is thrown at you? For some, as you've heard from some recent Brink stories, can make you stronger, can make you more accomplished could give you a drive inside if you know what you're doing you know how to handle that you know it can be a good thing actually I've had some people admit that believe it or not they they look at is it a reward the bad things in other words kind of hard to think about it in that way isn't it <laughs> but think about it that if the potholes can be a positive thing potholes being positive there might be a book there friends I'm telling you here <laughs> uh, today we have a, a terrific story here again I love these brink stories and a gentleman I'd like you to meet Greg Nance is our Brink Thinker today, and right now, currently, he's in Shanghai as we talk here, and uh, it's exciting to have Greg on, and this is Malcolm Loud here on the Brink of Greatness with Kevin Williams, friends. It's always, always good to be with you. The stories are profound. Uh, the conversation is always enlightening. Uh, I learn something every single program. If I didn't learn something, I'd be shocked, and I'm sure you are as well. There's always great stories, tips, ideas, thoughts on all of us how to live a more fulfilling life. Greg Nance, it's good to be with you, brother, so it uh, is great to be with you. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you, Kevin for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely here. uh, We love meeting new friends and and new people on the journey. I look at it as a journey in life and I want to take as many cool people as I can with us and uh, you would qualify, buddy. So uh, it's good to have you here. Yeah, well, that's what The Brink is. It's really at the top of brinkofgreatness.com. We say celebrating the best of humanity with some of the coolest people on the planet. So this is what the chance we get to do every week, friends, is to showcase these fabulous stories. Now, the world is full of great people doing great things. Greg, it wasn't always that way for you, and I want to bring it back to the early part of this story, please. And um, I want to talk about, uh, you know, we've covered addiction in a few different ways on the brink. There's all kinds of addiction problems. Uh, There's, I mean, a lot of it. Sometimes it's uh, psychotropic drugs. Sometimes it's, you know, just illegal drugs. Sometimes it's alcohol. So, there are a lot of things that with addictive personalities and behaviors, people can tend to get addicted. You have to know when enough is enough at all times of your life. I guess they say everything in moderation, right? They say that, uh, except good news. You can always use a lot of good news in your life, for sure. Uh, yeah, so that that never in moderation there, Greg. We always want as much of that as we can get. But um, so I I was fascinated, to, and I want to bring it back to your story early on when you were a teenager, a young guy,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, – uh, and you had uh, some things that happened in your life, uh, specifically in your personal life with your grandfather. not, I'd love you to share with us and tell us what happened and and what took place because you went into a pretty dark period of your life, huh?
0: I, I did. And Malcolm, I appreciate the uh, the question, the opportunity to share. My uh, my first hero and role model, my grandfather Charlie Nance, a a really special individual. Who, age fifteen, he loses his father, and he has to begin. Uh, taking his duties in the rock corps, shoveling rock, earning about 22 and a half cents uh, an hour in this role to support his big sister and his mom, um, before joining the Marine Corps in 1940 and with the outbreak of World War II, fighting throughout the South Pacific, including at Iwo Jima. Uh, My granddad, Charlie Nance, a massive inspiration, building a, a wonderful family of six including my dad, who was the oldest, uh, helping those folks get a great education, helping them rise above their circumstances there in Mississippi. And I had the amazing, amazing opportunity to actually uh, grow up in part with my grandpa, Charlie, who who lived with us and told me stories from his own boyhood, shared his love of uh, baseball and sport, adventure, learning. And he was just someone I could always learn life lessons from. And uh, growing up, that was just an amazing rock in our family, having uh, Charlie Nance there, uh, the strongest person that I've, I've ever met. When I'm in high school there, um, one day, Charlie, uh, Grandpa Charlie goes from one of the strongest people to suffering a debilitating stroke. Just like that, he uh, he's a shell of himself. He loses How his physical- How old was he then? How old was he? He was in his mid-70s. In his mm-hmm. mid-70s. Okay. and. Uh, goes from being so so sharp being able to talk about anything being able to uh, go for walks go explore together to uh losing all of his energy losing a lot of his uh, mental acumen losing a lot of his wit uh, didn't lose his spirit for life Uh, and so though he um is, is fading quickly you can tell he's still got this this wonderful spirit about him and i uh you know, you begin visiting him in the, the local nursing home. You go, uh, trying to spend quality time together, and it's clear that he's he's slipping away. And within a uh, a short stretch, he's uh he's passed away um altogether there. And it was a uh, uh, kind of an overwhelming uh, set of events for a young guy who's, uh, you know, your role model, your hero, goes from being so strong to being uh, debilitated and gone um, altogether. And it was, I think, the first truly great challenge that, uh, that I'd faced and I didn't yet have the kind of toolkit to process a lot of the uh, th- that pain and that uh, all the anxieties uh, from the situation and as you alluded in your question um, at that age you're you're seeking answers you're seeking relief from that pain and uh, didn't approach it in, in the healthiest way and in fact the, the one thing that seemed to work was uh, beer spirits malt liquor as the way to kind of numb that pain uh, temporarily, of course. And age age 16, I kind of begin walking down uh, that path. And before I know it, I'm, I'm relatively deep down that path, uh, developing uh, kind of a dependency on alcohol. So
1: at, so at 16 years old, you're developing, you're drinking a lot. You're developing this dependency. Let me ask you this. How much uh, in a day do you drink to gain that dependency? What are you talking here?
0: It, uh, it began with uh, 40 ounces of old English, which is uh, like a $2 uh, uh, bottle of uh, bottle of alcohol. Um, start there. And then before long, you don't get the same effect from a bottle. So you're, you're drinking a uh, uh, maybe a second now or you're drinking you know, high gravity, which is a, a stronger version of uh, similar stuff. And, um, and then before you know it, it's like, Oh, vodka gets this done even faster. Let me, let me try some of that. And so uh, if you're in the last year into high school, I uh, started to kind of digging myself into that hole and then heading off to, uh, to university thereafter, the quantities uh, and the frequency increase even further. Because now you're in a situation, an environment where it's actually it's, it's cool to drink and the more that you can
1: drink, the cooler that you are. And Isn't that the case? And so when, when you were at your worst, you would have been consuming how much in a, in a daily basis? And when you were at your worst?
0: Yeah, I, uh, you know, probably 30 to 40 drinks in a weekend um, and then kind of carrying that over to, uh, um, it's Monday and I should be studying, but instead we're going to crack open some beers with this group and then go have a cocktail with with this friend and then uh, let's put down another kind of half rack.
1: Greg, I have to tell you, that blows my mind. You're talking, I mean, for real, we're talking 30, 40 drinks on a weekend. That's right. I mean, that's serious stuff.
0: It, it was serious stuff, and I. Um, the unfortunate reality was, you're you're in an environment where it's it's encouraged, and it's it's cool that you're able to, to drink quite a bit. And the friends that say, "Hey, like you know, do you think you're drinking a little much?" You, uh, you know, you, you develop uh, techniques to. Hey, no, I'm I'm cool. Like you've got your lines that you're using, so the folks that, that care about you, you end up hiding a lot of the extent of your struggle from. Them. And even though they want to help, they they want to be there they're not seeing the full picture you're hiding it from them.
1: now with all that drinking um it, it, did that damage your internal system and, and was there any long-lasting damage from that brother
0: i uh i think i was very very fortunate that um you know i was still like an athlete during this crazy enough so I, i'm still
1: playing rugby i'm still running I'm. Still you were working running. some of it off that's what happens with your system some systems can handle more some less you see
0: yeah, and it was part of the dangers. I, I thought I was getting away with it, and so I was still, right. you know, still drinking. And you know, I had, I had a friend on the, uh, the the crew team there, kind of, uh, uh, kid me as like, you know, what are you trying to be a Mickey Mantle here? Like you're, you're, like I can smell you in the boat while we're out on the river. Wow. Uh, how how late were you up last night? Kind of deal, and it's like, well, I didn't go to bed. It's it's five a.m. and I've been up partying. I came because I, I knew I'd get in trouble if I didn't.
1: But this is some serious, I mean, this is amazing. I've never heard this before. This is like serious, serious drinking. And um, uh, it, but let me, I want to ask you about Charlie. Man. I want to come back to that. He was a Marine again at I- uh, Iwo Jima, right?
0: That's correct. Yeah.
1: yeah. Fascinating. What, what history there. And I want to ask you something with Charlie a minute here. Um, when that uh, stroke happened, um, what kind of time between that stroke and when he passed away? What are we talking in weeks, months? We're talking months. We're talking months.
0: And the hardest part um, about those months were there were so many exciting things happening in my life. You know, I was on the, uh, uh playing baseball, playing tennis. I was a, uh, you know, winning a state debate championship and all these things that I knew he would be so like, proud of and excited for, um, you, you try to share that. And he was he was no longer all there. Um, the stroke had been so debilitating that he, um, uh, you know, he was in the room with you, but not there with you. With you, and that was you know so tough because I knew that he would be excited. I knew he'd have great advice, and he'd um, he'd want to kind of you know encourage me to to take those
1: next steps. And so, Greg, that loss from from Charlie was profound for you, and I still hear it in your voice right now. Right? Yeah, it,
0: it was, and it uh, it was. Uh, one of those moments where it's uh, someone that you've just developed such a deep bond with and then all of a sudden you you feel like the the bond is the bond is broken is, is lost here and it's uh, really really tough and overwhelming uh, then and you know, in a lot of ways now I think reflecting back on it I uh, I've had years and years to process this but it's still uh, uh, just such an important person to me that um, you know you uh, you try to take
1: one step at a time and honor their memory through your work and through your life yeah yeah uh, the story touches me um, for this reason, Greg. Um, the story of Charlie Nance, uh, for me personally, brother, um, I, I have one, uh, somebody just like this. Uh, in my world, it's Uncle Bernie, okay? Mm-hmm. That's your Charlie Nance. That's my Uncle Bernie, okay? Mm-hmm. And same sort of a guy, same thing. Everything you just described with the spirit, everything he was, everything he is. Um, and he had a stroke. He had a stroke, mm. same thing on top of it all, one day, I mean, man was amazing. he was in his early seventies that 's exactly it, mm. and the stroke took him right out within i don 't know was short time, a couple of months at most, maybe suffering you know, yeah. and man who was never sick in his life, same thing went away, and I was it profoundly impacted me mm. um, because i he was what he was that Charlie to me. Uh, with what you just said, um, someone that was is spirited in life, someone you can count on, somebody that has a good word, a good thought, a good advice at any moment, and that's that's who Bernie was. That's who Charlie is, Clearly. So I, I fully, fully understand the impact of Charlie Nance. Totally, totally get it. Okay, and I'm sure everybody listening also has a Charlie Nance in their life. So just let's grab onto that energy. I just want to take a moment, Greg, with all, and just feel Charlie's energy because you can, everyone's got energy here. You know, it's all about energy in this world yeah. and Charlie's energy lives on. We all live on in our energy. It's here, you know, and, yeah. and as Bernie is as well, but Charlie's energy is there. And that's, it's just a moment to focus on that. So people that are here and that, uh, that are listened, that have lost a somebody value is so valuable to them that they just didn't know how they'd get by to replace that. This will help them. Hopefully this story, but you took it bad. You then got into the drinking. I totally, I hear what you mean when you say how some people think drinking is so cool. How much can you drink? Well, let me show you, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then you're, you know, I mean, isn't it the, the dumb things we do as kids, huh? Uh, Greg, you know, you know, <laughs> yep.
2: you know, you know. <laughs> think
1: about it, buddy, you know, <laughs> and so all this is going on. How long did this go on for this period of time with this, with this drinking? What are we talking in time here? So, about, uh, years. It was years, right? We're talking years, yeah, from age sixteen till
0: twenty-three. Wow, we're talking seven, seven years or so. Seven years and, and, a, and a ramp up as well, where I think uh, it was getting uh, worse and worse. Actually, where you know you build a tolerance to the stuff, mm-hmm. you're getting away with. You know, as, as I mentioned a moment ago, I I was able to uh, kind of deceive even some of the f- folks closest to me uh, into thinking, hey, actually, I don't have a problem. I just I like to drink a little bit, like have fun. Come on, loosen up. Yeah, you know, that, that was sort of my <laughs> mentality when. Uh, it was very rightful for them to be coming to me, looking out for me. And I was, you know, doing well enough in school, doing well enough in various pursuits. To get by, to get by, right? To get by where like you can sort of deceive yourself even like, no, I don't have a a problem. Absolutely. I'm running, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And in reality, it's like, look, that's a big problem because you don't even realize you've got a problem.
1: Wow. Uh, Man, this is unreal. I mean, what you're dealing with now and at 23 um, so, w- how did you hit rock bottom? What happened? What I, I gotta know? What happened? Yeah, I, I think I hit a few rock bottoms,
0: and I uh, kept searching for deeper bottoms, as it as it were. I, uh, you know, ultimately a regular I Superman, would, huh, buddy? No, nah, it. Uh, you know, <laughs> you 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 wake up uh, the next morning, and you kind of look in the mirror, and I remember telling myself a hundred times or more you know, I can't believe that happened yesterday. Like I, I, I can't ever drink again. Like I, I, I can't do this. I can't, I've got to like move on in my life if I'm going to have a life. Uh, and the, you know, the night before would be some blur, but it would involve whether like, you know, some kind of altercation, like some, you know, someone said something and we end up like getting into like, some fist fight in a parking lot or, you know, that stuff's happening. There's uh, like there's a broken window that like I crash through and like, I've got you know, a deep gash on my arm um, two trips to an ER. Like I don't remember um, friends, you know, thinking like, Oh my, like text, are you alive? Are you okay? The next morning, um, you know, all sorts of just really, really dumb stuff that in daily life, like I would just, I would never ever do those things. And like, I want to try to become a, a better, stronger version of myself, but that felt absolutely impossible when you're making the same mistakes day after day after day after day, and you're, you're digging yourself the same hole and seeking for deeper bottom as you go. And so, I think my uh, to your question directly, uh, there there are a couple of bottoms that really stand out to me. Um, you know, one of them is uh, a buddy, a very very good buddy, who's just a really quality guy. He's sort of teasing me uh, in front of a couple of gals, and I remember he and I um, you know, end up getting into like a, just the stupidest fight. Uh, over this and it's the only reason why that happened is I had you know 15 or 16 drinks down the hatch and like he's a good guy kind of just ribbing me and yet here we are uh, quarreling and fighting um uh you know hitting each other for no reason he's, he's my good friend like, what, what in the world am I doing uh and then uh, you know I, I I dig even deeper with let me um walk into a sliding glass door that I'm too drunk to notice Uh, bump into it it collapses on me and actually it cuts my hand up and it actually it severs the uh, the artery in my uh in my uh, kind of near my wrist and actually there's a lot of blood loss very very quickly from that and i have to be rushed to a uh, i'm in mexico of all places so i'm I'm rushed to a uh, a, an emergency uh, like an er that happens to be a mexican naval base and they're able to perform what amounts to emergency surgery to uh to sew up this artery that's been you know, basically cut in half by this glass and so a, a near-death experience um, from that moment that's that's late December 2010 um, i've got such a thick skull here Malcolm it took me a full year from that near-death experience to actually finally give up alcohol and i had you know several other low lights in the the year to follow and so it was one of these demons i just I tried to quit. You know, I, I quit six, seven times, but couldn't actually shake it. And then, you know, a hundred times in the mirror, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and so, like it, it was really one of these kind of uh, overwhelming deals. Like you, you know, intellectually, you know, I've got to get past this if I'm going to have a like a life. And yet, it's a uh, it is an addiction. It, it grips you, and you no matter how fast you run, like that shadow's right there. And you, you gotta you gotta find a way to get past it. And uh, right, yeah, it chased you.
1: All right. So, all right. Wow. What a, what a visual you paint out there. And I totally, I totally understand this. Um, um, I mean, it's, uh, just to think uh, the kind of things you were going through and getting lower and lower and lower with all this happening, Greg, It's truly, truly, yeah. uh, pretty amazing stuff. Um, all right. What, what, let's do this as we turn the corner here, I want to get into chapter two with you in just a moment here. Um, so um, there's a lot to discuss within how we go from there and how it all changes because, uh, and, and I'm wondering also, when you did get finally give it up, I, I, I guess that there's a lot of people struggling with alcohol out there that Greg might hear this message. And when you say you kept trying and trying and didn't, I mean, I'm always wondering, like, so what What was the catalyst at that point? What was the moment? And what was the impetus at that second that allowed you to finally get over it because if you're trying five six seven eight times and you can't and then finally it sinks in and i wonder how other people can make it quicker in their lives and maybe you can answer that on the other side of this pause for us um uh, friends we're on the brink of greatness here greg nance uh, we're speaking to uh uh, what a great spirit he has and uh, we just spoke about his grandfather charlie nance i like this story a lot and uh, certainly have um Understand uh, Charlie, as I was mentioning to Uncle Bernie. Uh, there's people in our lives out there that uh, um, we, we are uh, blessed with, and uh, people that, and many of us who can guide the future generations and help them out to be that uh, light, um, that beacon, if you will, uh, of hope. That's uh, certainly what Charlie was here. Um, but the, the story behind this is what Greg has gone through and where he is today and the work he's doing today. It, it's a profound story, truly and, and, and honestly, it is. Uh, the Brink of Greatness plays, friends, as you know, every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is the uh, the brand new show. And we love, love, love Spotlight and these amazing stories because behind every one of these stories, not only are there are a lot of life lessons, but there are people who have um, uh, achieved great things, but they've come through a lot of sorrow to get there. And many of them are empowered. And I just think there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. There are people on the planet doing cool work. You would never get that from the news cycle. And that's, that's the whole reason for the brink of greatness. It's to spotlight the best of humanity. We'll take a quick pause. We're gonna make another leap here. Be back in just a moment. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Okay, we're back with your friends. It's Malcolm Out Loud here with Kevin Williams. We're speaking with Greg Nance, and uh, uh, he is uh, described as an American entrepreneur, an ultra-marathon runner, uh, and we're going to get into this education piece in a little bit as well. Expanding education access is a goal of his and what he's been doing here. This guy has run some pretty difficult courses. Uh, I've gotten a, a little dizzy just reading some of it, Greg. I don't know about doing it, but I lo- I'd love to do it. Maybe you show me how. You know? <laughs> I've read some of your stories. It's like, get out of here, man. I mean, I mean, I don't know all of it, but I, I'm going to ask you for a couple of stories in a bit here about... Um, that you could share with us on that. Uh, but, anyways, it's good to be with your friends here. It's Malcolm Aloud with Kevin Williams, and uh, we're thrilled to have Greg on the line here. He happens to be in Shanghai right now. What brings you out there, uh, Greg? I'm curious.
0: Yeah, I am in Shanghai. I'm on a mission. I want to change how students all over the world are able to access a quality education, starting with scholarships, because I was only able to attend my dream schools, uh, UChicago and Cambridge, with the help of a scholarship. I'm on a mission to pay it forward. And so I'm working on a technology company that helps students find scholarships.
1: Yeah. All right. That's cool. That's cool. So how did you finally get over it? What was that? What was that moment and why right then? Yeah, it's looking back. I mean, it's, uh,
0: I, I think there, there are a couple of elements coming together. I, I think the spirit of grandpa Charlie was with me. I think I had been, uh, working on my faith, uh, for the two and three years before that okay. or, you know, reading through, um, you know, going to a, a, a wonderful community there in Chicago, getting, uh, you know, asking for the pastor to pray for me, um, trying to share with him some of the struggles I was facing with that had uh, a really great group of friends who knew, you know, knew I was trying to turn, um, that corner. And I think all of that kind of together with a, a role model and inspiration that you think on, a uh, a faith life where you know i've struggled and wrestled with that for years trying to get that right so
1: greg um, did I mean, you just wake up that one day with all that going on and say okay this is it i'm going to do it no i i in fact i didn't
0: and that's the part that's kind of confusing i think really if you wanted a one concise phrase it's, it's the grace of god that allowed me to turn that page um, because those other things were, were with me for the years before as well and yet i don't think i had the maturity the sort of uh, foresight uh, and, and really the the personal capacity um, to to turn that corner, I think in some ways, God wanted me to go through uh, sort of uh, a really really rough stretch to open up the beauty of life that was to come because I had to hit that rock bottom about a you know a thousand times to really appreciate now all the blessings that have been there all along that i was just I was blind to because i just didn't i was blinded by uh, the liquor and, and all these, you know, uh, these things that come with that. And now I'm seeing clearly for the first time in my life uh, when I'm able to turn that page, age 23.
1: So there was one day you finally give it all up. You're 23. There's no more drinking at all, right? That's it. You just decide. That's it. And now all these things started happening differently. Um, and when you, when you did that, so uh, like at that point, well, I guess the other question is since now, how old are you now, by the way? I'm 30 years old. Okay. So we're talking seven years, the last seven That's years, right? right? Okay. Yep. And, and, and have you, I mean, now when you were doing that kind of drinking and then you give up drinking, do you, do you have a, ever one drink again? Or is that like, you can't do that at all? It's like gone. How does, is that because I find that most people, when they say this, I don't know. I only hear people say, they say they can never have one again.
0: Yeah, it's so I I know how much better my life is now. I see. And I think I think when you uh, have been to some of the places I've been, it's like, look, I just don't even want to. Uh, so you don't even want
1: a chance. So you don't go out and have one drink, one cocktail, one glass of wine. Never, ever, ever. I don't. I, I still
0: friends will say, hey, can we meet up at this bar or this lounge or something? And I will, you know, sure. And then I get a Coca Cola. And so I uh, I try to avoid. Um, you know, and some folks say, look, I don't even do bars anymore. I don't want to see the stuff I've been able to
1: do that, but I, you know, I drink Coca-Cola like an orange juice when I do go out. Okay. So that's what you're doing. That's your drink and that's it. And that's no big deal. You move on, right? There you go. Exactly. You don't need it. You don't want it, obviously. Cause you just don't want it. You don't want to go there again. And you, you have to, you have to respect that. You have to respect what right. that's all about. So, all right. So what now? So 23, so bring us back there. What happens at 23. Yeah, I, uh,
0: I'm i in, I'm in business school. I'm a young entrepreneur in business school trying to get educated. And I'm, uh, I'm living in the UK uh, where, uh, you know, there's a pub culture. I'm at a university, a Cambridge University that has a long, long tradition of like these formal dinners where you can drink uh, as much wine and port as you want. And so it, uh, the first three months of that, I am like a fish, like drinking everything and just completely soaking it up, living it up. Uh, but I'll tell you one of the most, uh, kind of embarrassing <clears throat> moments uh, in my life is I basically drink through my budget. I drink through the little scholarship stipend that I have, and I, I end up missing rent on account of this you know, foolishness. Like, look, I have, I've, I've uh, been just having so much fun here and partying so much. Like I've literally spent the money that I had to, to pay for my rent here. And it, uh, uh, that kind of awakens this, uh, like, look, I just, uh, I can't keep going down this path. There's so much of my life that she's turning around. I'm starting to run uh, through the British countryside. I've got this race coming up. I'm on the boxing team. I'm really enjoying like these guys I'm training with We're we're connecting, where we're getting stronger. And yet like, I'm still letting this sort of ball and chain, this drinking bit uh, get in my way. And so there are a series of moments where I didn't actually realize December 28th 2011, like I'm having my last drink or you know, there's no big blowout party. There's no- that's what
1: I was wondering. Yeah, that's exactly yeah.
0: it. Yeah. And, and, and there actually, there's nothing uh, dramatic. In fact, it was, I'm one of the only folks that I think was as deep in that game that basically gets out without there being
1: a life altering event. I, I guess that's what's confused me. Thank you for saying this, please. Because yeah. that's that, no, that's what confused me. I was looking yeah. for that and it's just, you weren't saying it, but now you said well, there is none. So I can't give it to you. Right.
0: No. And it, it's funny. Like I think the, the closest to it was the year before where, you know, I walk into that sliding glass door and I cut myself up real bad, get 30 plus stitches uh, from, you know, an emergency surgery. There was that. And then on my 23rd birthday, I, uh, I get absolutely just blasted. And I only remember half the night and the, the back half of it, I'm uh, like being way too flirtatious with like new friends that I don't even know. Um, I'm stumbling around the streets of cambridge i place i've just moved to uh, and my buddy hans this big german volleyball player amazing dude he he literally takes it upon himself like look dude i gotta get you home i don't even remember my own address i don't know where i live you
1: sound town. like the life of the party buddy huh dude it's
0: yeah hans this six foot you know five volleyball players literally like putting me on his shoulder like dude i gotta i gotta find your place and it's uh, and that's this, this little scholarship program had just begun. It was our welcome dinner, and all these you know wonderful people from around the world. They're getting to know this this guy Greg is this like really dumb Yank uh, that's like just you know three sheets to the wind. And like, look, I uh, so I did have some of those blowout moments on on the pathway, wow. obviously. But wow. My final drinks were with friends, very relaxed evening, and uh, something happened when I woke up, and I
1: just. Decide not to drink that next day. That's exactly it. Something happened. Young, you just said it. And that's the moment we need right there. Something happened. You woke up and that was it. Enough was enough. And not only that, but Charlie was up there saying he was kicking you in the ass, obviously, you know. He was kicking me in the ass. That's right. Enough is enough, dude. Get over it. Grow up. Right? That's what Charlie was saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you did. You finally did. All right. So you started running. Tell us. I mean, you've got some... Yeah, and I'm anxious to hear this. What? Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, so I, I met a gentleman
0: around this time who's been a uh, a massive influence for me. Uh, this fellow uh, Pat Moriarty was a. Um, he was the life of his of his parties back in the '70s and '80s. Um, he he kicks his. Alcohol addiction, and becomes a sponsor in AA, and I I happen to meet him, um, around this stretch, and he becomes just an amazing influence, and he's a uh, you know one of these Boston marathon qualifying runners, like very very strong runner, and he and I got to talking about how running had basically. Become the outlet because all of us deal with nervous energy. All of us deal with stress and anxiety day to day to day. You need outlets for that stuff. And you know, I I tend to put a lot of stress on myself and, and take on challenges that there's a lot of pressure involved with a lot of the stuff. And you need a healthy outlet for me and for Pat and for a lot of other folks. Uh, you you turn to some of the wrong outlets, and that might be uh, alcohol, it might be drugs, it might be uh, bad you know toxic relationships. Running has been an amazing vehicle for me, Pat, and a lot of other folks to really process that stuff, to deal with it in a much healthier way. So, I—I uh, I was this business school student. I've got a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, and I—you know—I'm living in Europe the first time. I, it's my first extended time in Europe. I want to see more of this place, and I realized, hey, look, I love to hike. I love to run. What if I go hike and run in some some beautiful places? And so I went to the Jurassic Coast. Uh, Going to run what I thought was a five k along the uh, the White Cliffs of Dover. There, uh, it turned out it was a fifty k. Um, I had misread the little advert. The oh, advertisement wow! And I, I'm it's like two weeks before. It's like ooh, like this is not what I thought I was signing up for. Like I need to go do a training or Like I need to practice and get get ready for this. And I, I go out and run it. It's a miserable day. It's like early December, twenty eleven. Uh, in England. So it's rainy. It's, it's so foggy. You can't even see the, the Jurassic coast. You can't even see the white cliffs of Dover. Uh, and I run this race and I'm pretty sure I'm dead last. Like I'm running so slowly. Um, uh, but I, I crossed that finish line after several hours and the organizers, they put a little uh, ribbon around my, my neck there. Congratulations. You finished 10th. What? Wow. I blow. I, I, I don't believe it. Like, I think I'm like, show me like, I think you're, you're kidding me. And you no, know, like I, I finished top 10. Wow. That's out of how you know, many people, out of a bunch, um, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly, but there were you know, there were a lot of us at the start line, um, dozens and dozens and dozens. And isn't that
1: wild? You finished tenth, and you and you th- and you thought you were in the end of the. You thought you were really dragging, huh? That's crazy. Huh? I did, and, and the fun, the fun element about this is, we're all, you know, suffering out
0: there. We're all going through our own stuff. Right. and it's all about our pace and it's all about us running our race and that metaphor for me uh, that really hit me because early on in this little sobriety journey i went through a lot of like a lot of tough stuff i was working on a little business school project i went through a really really sad uh, breakup around this time and I felt a lot of temptations to kind of revert back to my old habits because my old habit was: look, I'm feeling sad. Let me drink a fifth of vodka. I'm feeling sad. Let's just you know uh, take down a 24 pack with a buddy. Um, I'm feeling sad or stressed or pressure. Let's go indulge in this you know, this bad habit. And running became uh, a really wonderful kind of a visceral and physical metaphor for how I was going to run my race.
1: Well, and let me tell folks, you've jogged now, you you're say here, 49 countries or so, huh? This is uh, That's right. right. And you've run right. some of the, you say, toughest foot races on the planet, uh, The uh, including the UK coast to coast, 124 miles through the Malaysian highlands and 100 miles through the Philippine jungles. I mean, this is pretty wild. And I read some of your other visuals here, like some of the coolest places, and I could just visualize the sights you must have seen the beauty Mm -hmm. of the planet, you've your certain experience. So I got a big question for you Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm wondering. With all this running, I've been so inspired with reading reading your um, background on all these races and adventures from around the world. And this is a massive list of accomplishments of running. So here's the question now, and be careful how you answer this. (laughs) Um, Could uh, could Kevin and I, uh, could anybody run like this? Could Kevin and I do it?
0: Yes, I think everyone—we're all capable. Uh, And here's the here's the crazy part: ultra marathon running—you know, running 100 miles through the jungle or 150 miles through the desert—it's really one step in front of the next. And when you boil it down, it's it's just persistence to keep moving forward. It's relentless forward motion. And so, yes, you you could. It's it actually is more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge because your Your body's going to be exhausted, as is
1: everybody's, and it's a question of can you condition your mental mind body? challenge There it is, Kevin, what do you think Kevin could you do it?
2: Uh, I wish I could say yes, but he says ninety percent <laughs> he says ninety percent of this is mental. I'd be mental <laughs> if I did it
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <my. laughs> Oh, come on, buddy. Um, No, no, but there is a lot to what he says with the mental capacity of this, Kev. You know, it's kind of, you know.
2: I agree. There's a gentleman I know who doesn't run at all, Mm -hmm. but for some reason when he has to run, even if it's, say, five miles, he can do it. I think it's just a mental thing where he just says, I'm going to do it, and he does.
1: And he does, yeah.
2: And he's totally out of shape. It's like, there's no way you're going to die, but he still did it. He did it
1: <laughs> i that's why i 'm asking him i'm you know could we could anybody really do it to this level because you've done oh. some very cool. Uh, runs here buddy uh, g- yeah. give us give us a story of a cool uh, the cool I'll tell you what let's do this uh, let's 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 have people anticipate this uh, I need yeah. to take one quick pause here and when we leap forward and I know you love the word leap as well Greg right uh-huh. uh it's my favorite word here on the brink of greatness and you you use that in some of your language Kevin was telling me take the leap hashtag take okay. the leap and uh, I was really uh uh I never see anybody ever use that like we do on the brink here mm. uh, with the, yeah, no, with the brink of greatness, it's the next leap forward. We want people to take the next leap forward in their lives, yeah. whatever it is, you know, Uh brink of greatness has been a life desire and ambition. Uh, to bring to the airwaves here. So this is a, a really a thrill and a high here to be able to finally have this platform off the ground. It's equivalent to Greg's race that he's running the 150 miles or so. Uh, this would be equivalent to the that, getting this off the ground here. But uh, I love all of this and these runners and like our friend Shay Eskew and, and uh, uh, Sean Swarner and all these amazing people. We can add Greg Nance's name to that list here, obviously, friends, huh? Some really cool stories to listen to. Stay right there. We'll take a leap forward in just a moment.
3: Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampappa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. All
1: right, we're back on the brink of greatness, friends. Malcolm Outloud, Kevin Williams. We're with Greg Natz, is our brink thinker today. He's an entrepreneur. He's an ultra marathon runner. Uh, He is uh, lived life to the fullest. He tried to be the cool cat when he was drinking and found out that really wasn't too cool after all. (laughs) And uh, obviously uh, he found out it's uh, a lot cooler not to be doing that. So it's the choices we make in our lives, friends, and uh, we all have to be careful of addiction kind of things, whatever they might be. That's been a common theme on the platform here, Kevin, is uh, addiction problems. I think it comes with a certain personality for those who well have the mental capacity some of us get lost in a trap there, and we have to be careful. Um, I haven't had that happen. I say, uh, I mean, I haven't ha- had not had it happen in my own life. I, I wanted to ask you earlier, Greg, not-, not to be redundant, go back there. Did you ever take drugs when you were doing all that stuff? I did. It, uh, it escalated from just
0: alcohol to uh, uh, lots of marijuana, pills, cocaine. Wow.
3: Uh, yeah. You're uh,
1: lucky you're here, brother. You're lucky you're here, here. man. Wow. I I, I meant to ask you that then. Thank you for allowing me to circle back there, please. Okay. It was an open window in my mind that I wanted to do because typically when people do it to the level of what you were doing, they typically do exactly that, they escalate to all this other stuff. See, so I personally can't relate because I never did the drug thing or any of that. I just mm. didn't have it. People already thought I was on drugs, Greg <laughs> so I didn't mean I didn't need any to complicate that system. I have to tell you, you know oh my God, oh yeah, through the corporate boardroom, people look at me and say what the, what is this guy on? You know I mean, you're bouncing yeah. off the walls at uh, you know six in the morning, right. Oh, that, that's, that's Mr. Out Loud there. Just shut up there. <laughs> All yeah. right. So, uh, uh, Rob, we're pretty cool. All right, let's get to the story here. We got a lot to talk about here. So yes, we give, do. Us, give us one of your great stories, please. I, I love these stories, man. And yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Let, let's take it back exact,
0: exactly two months ago, um, January 31st. I am in Antarctica, uh, and I am running the first leg of the world marathon challenge where I've got to cover 26.2 miles across antarctic ice across the frozen continent it's the driest coldest windiest brightest continent Um, it's unreal and the only sound you hear is the whip of the wind and the crunch of the ice there there are no voices no animals you're out there on this massive piece of ice and you've got to cover 26.2 miles and it's it's real cold it's real windy it's real bright it's real dry and crunch, 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 crunch. You're, you're stepping one foot in front of the next. Um, uh, as you mentioned before the break, it, it is all about taking the leap. Uh, I was I was scared. I was literally, my, my hands were getting sweaty as the plane's approaching this because I know I've got to go drop onto that ice and run 26.2 miles and then I'm actually doing seven marathons over seven days on seven continents. And so I'm going to finish in Antarctica and then I'm going to get on an airplane immediately to fly to Cape Town, South Africa, run another marathon over to Perth, Australia, run another marathon up to Dubai, uh, up in Asia, do another one, Madrid, another marathon, Santiago, Chile, South America, another one before... Miami, USA. So seven marathons, seven days, seven, seven
1: marathons, seven days, seven continents. Uh-huh. <laughs> who does this? It's, who does you this? Be
0: pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, that's who
1: does that. That's the key question. <laughs> how many people did this, and how many? Well, let me let me let's understand something. How many people did this? How many people were on this mission? How many people succeeded or finished them? And how many people didn't? We've so. In the history of this, 145
0: people have, uh, have run the World Marathon Challenge. And I had I, the amazing honor to partner with 40 folks. We pooled together our resources to, to make it happen into January, beginning of February this year.
1: In the history of this whole deal in the planet, you're saying 145 people. That's right. Have done this. Seven right. marathons, seven continents, seven days. And you're one of that group. That's right. Thick skull and, and all, and the forty. And we, well, we know you got the thick skull. We got that down there, so, <laughs> so we like it, though we like it. So the forty, the forty that pulled together, Greg. Yeah. W- 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 now, are the forty? Did the forty make it? Did the forty? 40- make it the, the 40 may in fact this is the most
0: remarkable aspect even the folks that were getting uh, just absolutely you know in pain suffering out there everyone was able to make it there were a few folks that went from the full marathon down to a half marathon they still pushed through they still made it to each oh some other you time.
1: could do a half but if you do a half marathon you're you're not still in that company are you you're not in that company, but you're still pushing through.
0: And uh, you know, the, the folks that understand, yeah, the folks that made that happen were, uh, you know, a couple, of, like, one had fallen on the ice in Antarctica had a big bruised hip and still is able to push through. So I was, but but
1: but, the, but out of that 40 to complete the whole seven, how many did that? Uh, the, the 40 of us actually were able to complete the seven, and then and the a the half. Oh yeah. wow! So so that's remarkable. So are you saying that 40 are part of the 145? That's right. That's right. This is crazy what you're talking about.
2: And, and, it is it and, is crazy. And he said that anybody can do this if they believe. <laughs> okay, Malcolm, let's go do it next year.
1: Wow, <laughs> Kevin. That's unreal. I mean, I'm pretty thick headed as well. i I mean, I understand what Greg's saying, uh, Kevin. I mean, I'm I'm definitely thick headed. I mean, if I say something, I say it, I'm gonna do it. I I know I get that's why I gotta be careful <laughs> what I say. You understand? You know? Yep. Because once I set my mind, to, I'm the same way. I'm as thick-headed as they come, Greg, when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know? Don't tell me I can't do it. As soon as you say no, forget about yeah, it. I'm going to do it. Exactly. exactly. And he's, yeah, provided,
2: he's provided some statistics. Like only 562 people have traveled to, into outer space. Right? So just think about it. Only 145 have done this and more have gone to outer space than done, completed the World Marathon Challenge. That's <laughs> pretty wild.
1: It's out there. I mean, it's, it's out there, buddy. I am uh, stunned, really, at what you say here, if you can't uh, tell this at all. Uh, I mean, think about what this is, people. Now, how do you run through that snow, first of all, is what I'm wondering. And, and, and did you feel like that you were still on planet Earth, or did it feel like another planet? It, it felt a lot like another planet. It, of course uh, it did.
0: Of course it did. It's so remote, and it feels like you're on Mars, except instead of red, it's white.
1: Well, the way uh, you described it, I felt that immediately. I've, I pictured it in my mind. I painted the picture in my mind, Greg, and I immediately thought of that. This, this, doesn't, this is not really looking like planet Earth. I mean, there are parts of the planet, Greg, and you know because you've experienced a bit of this already – there are parts of our planet that are not normal and certainly not not like we're accustomed to here. This is a big planet as well, a lot of, right? A lot of ground there. Absolutely. And this
0: is the most unique place that I've had an opportunity to visit and experience for sure. And this happened
1: in January.
0: January 31st, Antarctica, and then
1: back to back to back to back, the seven marathons. The seven after that. Oh, my dear. We are just, uh, it's, uh, wow. I, I, now, the 40 of you, are you going to be a, uh, is this a club now? Is this a group? Is this a something? Is this a what? What are we doing?
0: It's pretty amazing. Yeah, so it's called the Intercontinental Marathon Club. And yeah, it's, it's a remarkable group of folks. Like everyone's got their story. There are world record holders, professional runners uh you know, championship triathletes within the mix. Then there's also uh grandmothers who do this stuff. Wait a minute. Some grandmothers kids. were part of that forty as well? They they were and they were the toughest of all. It was extraordinary. No kid, that's awesome, man. Awesome. It was extraordinary.
1: Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, oh, wow. This is blowing my mind. So out of that uh, 40 now, um, God, there's got to be something cool with that we can do for the brink with all 40 or something. I don't know what the hell it is, but maybe you fly to another planet. What, what can we do? Tell <laughs> <here. laughs>
0: There are some absolutely incredible stories ranging from a lady who ran up Kilimanjaro faster than anyone else that's ever done it to a, a granny doing her 208th and up to 215th like, marathon. Uh, out there on the World Marathon Challenge. So yeah, there, there's an incredible diversity of folks who uh, make it their life's mission to go push themselves as far as they can. And, and, uh, and you know, I consider myself one of the uh, one of the tribe
1: there. Well, Greg, somewhere along the line, I've got to do something. I don't know. Now let me just plant the seed with you. After listening to you, after listening to Sean Swarner, uh, and and after listening to Shea Eskew, and, you know, Kevin, I repeat those names often. Now I've got to add Greg Nance to that company, right? And, uh, but as I think of that, I just, I'm there, I'm inspired inside of me that I want to do some sort of a, I don't know what it is exactly. I, I don't know. Uh, that, you know, again, make sure it's in my lim- my, uh, ability to do it. You know, I, I got the mental capacity. I just need to make sure I can pull it off. buddy. Here, here's the beauty is you know, my mother is
0: actually the, the, the best example of this. She's been cheering me on in my athletics since I can remember she always said like you have so much fun running like how do you so much fun i said look mom we got to try it we start walking she's a 20 25 year smoker so she she finally kicks that she starts walking with me on the trails then doing a little bit of jogging she in the last three years since becoming a grandmother uh with my sister uh, my sister's baby uh, my mom has run her first 5k her first 10k her first 15k and so uh, she's someone that never, ever, ever thought she could ever do any of that. And yet she is now one of the fastest 60-plus-year-old ladies in Seattle. And this
1: is your mom now, your mom.
0: It, it is my mom. and
1: 60-something. Oh, my God. That's, that's
0: right. So, Malcolm, you're, you're a fit guy with a, a fellow thick skull here. You can do anything. Ah,
1: there you go, buddy. There you go. Start small As long as you'll be on the side of me, buddy, whatever it is, okay? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Then you'll make sure I got to be in company here. Yeah, yeah, I got to have good company here, what I know. Uh That's important. When did mom quit smoking? I got to ask you, quit. When did that happen? Mom quit smoking about 15 or so years ago. So my sister, brother,
0: and I tried to get her to quit for my lifetime. Right, right. She eventually was able to do it, uh, and we're proud of her for for sticking with it.
1: Yeah, no, no. It's very personal to me. I ask you that. And we have a lot of commonalities in our stories, brother, uh, for real. And I'm so passionate to talk to you here uh, because I lost my mom due to smoking, and uh, it always crushed me. I tried to talk to her to quit for many years. She died in her early 70s. She should have lived to her mid-90s minimum because her the longevity was in the family, Greg, you know. Mm. And she smoked all those years, and I've become a strong advocate against smoking. I don't like it. It's what it does to the body again. And yeah. again, these, addictive, these addictive things, are uh, they, they, they crush our life. They crush who we are as yeah. people. Our, our bodies are not designed for this kind of crap, you know. You've got to be cautious with that. And that's why I see you talk a lot about the soul and the spirit uh, I just uh, so impacted with your talk and all of this. So we, we got to, yeah, Greg, you have really uh, so blessed us here with the story here and the work you're doing truly is um, beyond. Uh, let's talk about Money Think, please. And yeah, tell awesome. me what we're doing here because I, I'm going to run right out of time. We need to have a part two with you. Go ahead, please. <laughs> tell me, yeah. money, money Money Think, we, we are all about financial
0: capability for at-risk teenagers. Um, In in America, if you don't come from the right family, the right schools, the right community, it's exceedingly difficult to overcome the financial hurdles to college. It's hard for all of us. It's really, really hard if you're from one of these at-risk rural or urban communities. And so MoneyThink, we help folks uh, complete their FAFSA, their financial aid application form. So they're eligible for scholarships, for grants, and for subsidized loans from the government. And so we, uh, we want to help think, folks think more you know, more intelligently about money and use money to uh, reach their goals, which starts with a great education.
1: Now, do you raise money with all this? Is that what you're trying to do or to help them out or is it just that, showing right. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we we, um, we build
0: a really great program and product to inspire students through this. And then they're actually able to get great resources from the universities and from, from the government to to make all this happen. And part of why I love uh, running is I'm able to, to spotlight this, try to inspire some of the oh students.
1: God, this is great stuff. Wow. Do, yeah. you talk, do you talk money within your vocabulary as well? Do, are you a money guy? Do you talk it? I, I aim to, because I think saving, budgeting, and goal setting need to okay. be aligned for us to live our best life. Well, that's what I'm asking, because you could definitely be an expert on some of our other talk programs and stuff on the network, okay. you know, based on this here. Yeah, I'm looking at the website right now, moneythink.org is the site, friends, and it's a fabulous site, and I'm looking at all of it. It's .org, is it not? Moneythink.org. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a 501c3, by the way. It's, we're going to have the links to all of this in the post. We will also have this in Brink Charities. Brink Charities is an idea, and it's, a, it's an opportunity for all of us to give back. Please take a look at a lot of the cool people in Brink Charities doing some of the significant work out there, uh, people like Greg, and please put a, little, put a few bucks in. I mean, you know, we, we spend a lot of money foolishly, all of us do, let's face it, and if we take a few bucks and put into some of these charities, these charities are recommended by me, they're recommended by this this by this brink process these are cool people doing cool stuff so please please everyone go to brink charities right there it's in the nav bar of brink of and drop a few bucks on some of these but it's not going to hurt us. a few bucks over here to this we got people doing things on heart trying to save kids sex traffic and human trafficking you name it i mean brink thinkers are doing amazing work on the planet this is an awesome site my friend and the work you're doing So it's about, so the money think is helping them raise the awareness to college success and helping them, um, uh, I guess, I mean, you help point them in the right direction and you guide them, I guess, so they can pay for this education. Is that it or? That's right. And we help them find an affordable
0: college, compare their offer letters to figure out what's the best deal for me, given my goals, given my financial situation, it, and then help them avoid the crippling student debt that can oftentimes lead to you dropping out, not even getting a degree, and then just having a pile of student debt to then deal with.
2: Right. it's so it's your like mentorships. And then you have what you call a money think mobile, right, where you're communicating through text.
0: That's right. Yeah, we, we try to meet students where they are. So after 3pm is where you're actually filling out these forms. After 3pm is where you're making decisions around your money. And we want to meet folks where they are. And actually, every
1: teenager's got a smartphone. And so let's meet them where they're at. It's uh, it's beyond comprehension almost, buddy. Um, and to think, Greg, you're you're such a young man still. I mean, you're 30, 30 my golly. And you've already lived all this life. Think about it, buddy. You know, huh? Hey, I mean,
0: I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a relentless optimist. I think the best is ahead for all of us if we're willing to work for it. And
1: that's my aim. Yeah, the best is ahead for all of us. And the key to that is if we're willing to work for it is so so accurate, so true. Um, so you're still running all the races. What's the next race you'll be in?
0: The next race I'm gonna be in is called Shanghai Fastest Known Time. I'm seeking to run between Shanghai's two major airports that are 33 miles apart to set a new record. And I'm doing that uh, next month as part of training where I'm gonna do uh, the same thing a month later between O'Hare and Midway Airport in Chicago. And then that's all building up to my first ever 200 mile race. Uh, it's called the Bigfoot, and that's
1: around Mount St. Helens in the beautiful Evergreen State, Washington State. Pretty profound story, I think, with Greg. Uh, I mean, where do we find this guy from? it's crazy, huh?
2: <laughs> well, luckily, he knows Shea Eskew. Uh, Shay uh, reached out and uh, uh, shared yeah. the message. And I think, uh, actually, Greg looked at the website, and he's like, yes, I want to be part of this.
0: Amen. I do. Amen. Shea is a role model of mine, and when I heard he was on this, I was yeah. absolutely fired up to learn more. And I uh, actually check out your site. Massive inspiring. I love. Oh,
1: it. that's a beautiful. You touched my heart. Thank you. Buddy. There is so much
0: good news out there. That's that's the mm-hmm. stories are unshared. We get the new. We get the twenty four seven news media telling us how broken the world is. Let's focus on some positive.
1: Oh God, that's it, buddy. I wake up. That's my goal right there. I want to send love out to Shay Eskew right this moment. Just let me send some love to Shay because he's an <laughs> awesome man. So I want to love him and, and Sean Swanner as well. All of the brain thinkers, but got to send love out there to these guys and cats. Yeah, They're just I, amazing
2: people. I texted Shay just to say we just recorded him, and he's like, he's a great guy.
1: Oh but, man. So Awesome. Amazing. I don't know what a, what a thrill this is. I just love to meet all you guys. I want to have a, uh, you know, the goal ahead somewhere, Greg, I, I really do want to have a brink of greatness conference. Uh, I don't know when we uh-huh. have it, buddy, but I want to be able to do that and, and just have a lot of you guys come in and really talk to people, do something. wouldn't this be cool, buddy? Well, that would be amazing. And count me in. I'm
0: all a uh, run or fly. One of the That's
1: two. it. That's my goal. <laughs> That's my goal, buddy. Oh, we would definitely meet up. There's no doubt in my mind. Got some big plans ahead for the brink of greatness. You heard me talk a moment ago with Greg about, and I was very serious about some, and, and I need your support out there to do this. This doesn't happen in a vacuum, people, so I need your help. But if we're gonna have some uh, community events and bring some of these uh, beautiful people to the forefront, it would be a Brink of Greatness conference, absolutely. Brinkofgreatness.com, spend some time with us. Just come on in, take your shoes off, relax a little bit, everything's cool there. There's no no hurry, there's no nothing to worry about. It's a comfortable place. You're not gonna be annoyed, bothered, threatened. Uh, There's no flashing stuff you have to keep clicking the X's off on. (laughs) None of that stuff. Enjoy yourself. Be at home here. Be at home here. Friends, it's a pleasure to be with you, and I thank you very much for being part of the journey here on The Brink of Greatness. Bring in great stories. Please always email us at greatness at americaoutloud.com. And send us the good news. The brink of greatness, friends, can only happen when you're willing to push beyond the boundaries and limitations that are holding you back. What's holding you back, friends? Remember to take the next leap forward.